Get Up Nation. I hope you're enjoying the Get Up Nation podcast on www.anchor.fm. As a podcast host on over 20 platforms, I really enjoy how easy it is to use Anchor, how Anchor makes everything I need available in one place for free, accessible on your smartphone or desktop computer. Go to www.anchor.fm now. In case you didn't know, Anchor has creation tools that allow you to record and edit each episode. If you're concerned about the distribution of your hard work, don't sweat it because Anchor takes care of that too. If you're considering becoming a podcaster, I would highly recommend Anchor as your choice to begin sharing your content with the world. What up, Get Up Nation? My name is Ben Biddick, the host of the Get Up Nation podcast and co-author of Get Up, The Art of Perseverance with former Major League Baseball player and CEO of Lurong Living, Adam Greenberg. Today I have the honor and privilege of speaking with Judy Hoberman. I'm very excited about today's episode. Judy is a true example of a person whose resilience, perseverance, and commitment to valuing her whole self allowed her to conquer massive barriers to success. At the age of 17, her own father told her that all she was was pretty and she would never amount to anything else. She repeatedly refused to allow her intelligence to be suppressed and pursued her passion for business. Early in her career, she was employed by a roofing company. She was told to be the face of the company and not to speak in order to be successful. If she would have obeyed these voices, the world would never have benefited from the brilliance of her many books, including Selling in a Skirt, Famous Isn't Enough, Pure Wealth, and most recently, Walking on the Glass Floor, Seven Essential Qualities of Women Who Lead. These business books for sales executives and entrepreneurs have been featured on Fox News Radio, CNN Headlines, ABC, CBS, and Good Morning Texas. If she would have allowed these stifling voices to silence her own, the world would never have heard her TED Talk called The Greatest Missed Opportunity or listened to her radio show called Selling in a Skirt, which airs on Mondays at 12 p.m. Central on the Women for Women radio network. Her commitment to valuing herself and the entirety of her potential has led to the world valuing intensely her skills, knowledge, and insights. A gender expert, Judy is quoted as saying, women want to be treated equally, not identically. She daily creates a world where people value people and intentionally transcend limiting and inaccurate assumptions about one another. Her perseverance and excellence has earned one of the most vital and important attributes any of us can possess, the respect of others. Judy, thank you for joining me on the Get Up Nation podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here, and thank you for all those lovely and kind words. I would love if you would describe what it was like for you starting out in a male-dominated career field when most options for women at the time uh, mainly consisted of becoming teachers, uh, assistants, or nurses. Well, you know, it's funny that you say that because originally I wanted to go to medical school, and that's exactly what my mom said. Well, you know, really girls are teachers, they're admins, they're secretaries, they're nurses, you know. And so I actually did not go to medical school because I didn't disrespect my parents. But it was, a, you know, a trying situation. When I got to the point where I was starting out and I, I did work for a commercial roofing company, they hired me because I was female. Plain and simple, that's what it was. They didn't train me. They did nothing. They just wanted a female. When I went into insurance, um, they hired me again because I was female. They promoted me because I was female. So, But at that point in my life, I had to figure out how to be successful. And it wasn't because I was female. It was because I was smart and because I really understood what I was providing for others. 
And so I just came up with my own playbook about how I worked with people, how I communicated better, how people responded better to me, and and why people wanted to work with me. And I had to get those things in my head to erase some of the tapes that had been going on in my head for such a long time and try to bring some femininity into a community of all men. As people made inaccurate assumptions and judgments about you as you pursued your career in business, how did you maintain a sense of resiliency and persevere through those challenges? Well, sometimes I have to admit that I would come home and, and start to cry because people would make assumptions about me or they would say that I have it all going on, I'm all put together, I look so good, and so on and so forth. When inside, I was saying that, I, you know, just help me and teach me and let me learn. And it's very difficult when somebody has um, a preconceived notion about you, about the way you look or, or how you walk or whatever it is. And so, you know, for me in insurance, the only, only reason that I stayed, and I, and I always tell this, the only reason I stayed is because I was a single mom, and my one and only job was to protect my children. And so I thought, well, if I could protect my children, why couldn't I protect your children or your children or your children or your family, whoever it was? And so I would say, well, I can't quit today because I have to go out and I have to protect this family. And so I would go out and I'd write an application on a family and get them insurance. And, and I did that every single day. Well, I want to quit today because it's really not for me and nobody listens. But I have an appointment with a family, so what if somebody else doesn't protect them? Okay, I'll stay today. And that's really how I got through, like, the first 30 days is because every single day I would wake up and say, I really – I, I don't sit here. Nobody wants me here. Oh, but wait, I have an appointment, so they need me. And that's how that's how I did it. Honestly, that's really how I did it. When did you realize your experiences and insights into gender differences throughout this adversity and these frustrations and difficulties? When did you realize how that could create powerful leadership in business? Well, I, you know, I'm not sure when it actually hit me, hit me, that it would be something that I should share with people. But I did know that when I did take a position, after I had been in the field for a long time and after I was a partner and everything else, and I and I was offered a position inside the corporate arena, when I realized that that wasn't really where I needed to be and it wasn't the right environment for me or the right culture, I thought, I'm going to quit. I'm just going to resign and not exactly sure how this is going to look, but I sat myself down. I always talk to myself and have these great conversations because nobody talks back. But I um, I said, I wonder what would happen if I went out and I started a company where I addressed the one thing that I wish I would have had, which, which was a female mentor. So what if I talked to women or talked to men and women and said, you know, I can provide services that I can be a mentor, I could be an executive coach. I can help train uh, both men and women on communications and in sales and leadership. And, and so it started small, but then all of a sudden people would say, wow, that, how come no one else is doing it? And I thought, well, okay, so maybe no one else is doing it. There are people that do it. We just all do it differently. And so for me, I, I realized that what I was missing, other people were missing as well because there aren't always – there's not always a female that you can reach back to and say, can you help me? Can you mentor me? Can you – you know, work with me. And so until I got to be successful, there wasn't any women. There was no women. I, I worked with a lot of really successful men. When I started to be successful, I became the mentor. So I, I know I could do it. 
I just had to figure out how. And that's when I started my company and decided this would be something really good to do. One of your focuses is assisting men communicate, supervise, motivate, and work side-by-side with women. Why is this so important in business today? Well, if you if you think about it, most of the C-level positions are held by men. Most of them are. And even though women are making some pretty great strides, we're still not where we need to be. Well, if you don't have men that champion you or sponsor you or advocate for you, you know, who are you going to have? So you have to help the men understand why it's so important for them to play this part. And if you think about the things that are going on in the world today, when you read the news about, you know, men and women and, and you know, some of the things that are happening and the movements and everything else, where are the men that want to champion you? They're all around. You just have to reach out and you have to find those men. There's a ton of men that want to help empower women, that want to help motivate women, that want to help elevate and promote and so for me, I, I think that if men are not taught the right way to communicate with women, if women are not taught how to communicate the right way with, with women, then we have a lack of, of communication. It's all miscommunication. And that's truly what's been going on in our world anyway, everything. People are miscommunicating everything. So I, I believe that if we don't teach each other how we like to be communicated with and how to do that, we're all going to lose. If my research is correct, uh, women are responsible for more than 85% of consumer purchasing today. So it seems yep. to me that your expertise is extremely timely and valuable. Why is it so important for entrepreneurs and business people to be fluent in understanding the differences between how men and women communicate and interact? Well, you know, communication is the number one asset that we have to really capitalize on. Because whether you're talking about sales, whether you're talking about leadership, whether you're talking about business, whether you're talking about personal, if we don't do that correctly, then what are we doing? You know, a lot of times when I give a talk and I teach, you know, a lot about how men and women communicate, and I go through some of the exercises and everything, there'll be a man that stands up and says, oh, my goodness, now I could talk to my wife. Yes, it's the same thing. So it's it's something that is so, so important, and it, it doesn't take a lot. I mean, it's not like you have to take a – you have to do a dissertation on it. All you have to do is listen, ask questions, and listen, ask questions, and listen. That's all it is. Rinse and repeat. That's it. Whether you're a professional, whether you're personal, that's all it is. If a male sales manager is frustrated by the recruiting and retention of female managers, how can your books uh, help empower him to relate to women in a way that creates job satisfaction – and customer satisfaction. There are a lot of frustrated people out there. There are. And there are a lot of people that are just simply checking off a box. Like I said, when I was promoted, it was because I was female. When I was hired, it was because I was female. You can check the box. So it is a very frustrating thing all the way around. So if you teach people what to listen for, what to look for, how to communicate with someone, how to, how to let a female know that she does have leadership qualities, that sometimes we push them down. You have to start to educate each other. And, you know, again, I think communication is one of the hardest traits, but one of the most important because how many of us listen? And we don't listen well. And so how do you do that? And, you know, I always tell people, look, when you're going to meet someone and you want to learn about them, ask them if you could take notes. They're not going to say no. And when you're taking notes, you are listening. Like you're super focused because you're taking notes. But you're also hearing from that person in their own words, like, what's really important to them. And so you're writing this down. Well, guess what? You just learned how to listen to something that's really important to them.
Like for me, when I was in insurance, I would never have said, so, Ben, how much insurance do you want and how many do you want to pay for it? And, you know, what's the face value? I would never say that because that's not what it's about. I would say, tell me why it's so important to put this policy in place. Well, in that little conversation, you're going to tell me how much you want, how much you want to spend, how much the face value is. But more importantly, you're going to tell me your why. Why is it so important that I'm sitting with you today? And there's nothing better than understanding someone's why. The same way that you understand your why. Like, why do you do what you do every day? Because there's your why. The same thing with, you know, when you're talking to people and communicating and whether it's a person that you're working with, a person you're selling to, buying from, whatever it is. When you know their why, you are yards ahead. Absolutely. That's the beginning of phenomenal service, servant-oriented thinking that active listens and hears from them. What do they really want? And mm-hmm. I, I love that perspective. Now, in your new book, Walking on the Glass Floor, you describe seven essential qualities of women who lead. How satisfying is it for you to see these phenomenal, confident women succeeding and men relating to them in a way that values their skills and expertise? Oh, it's everything because, you know, this is from a lot of years of studying and researching and listening and and plowing through it and being knocked down and being lifted up. It's like all of that. But it's also more than that because this is something that is so important, especially to change the culture in someone, you know, for someone's business or to change the way that people look at each other or to, you know, it's just, to me, it's, it's everything. And we actually are developing training to go along with the book. So it can, it can really be like a way to change the culture and to be a, you know, woman friendly company. And that's huge because people are looking for that and they don't even know how to describe it, but they're looking for it because they say, well, can we do this? And how can we do that? That's exactly what they're asking for, listening to what they're saying. Especially with the amount of time people spend at work in their life. They want that to be a satisfying place where they're respected and valued. Women make up over 50% of the workforce today. If a young woman is considering pursuing a career in business or starting her own company, what would you want to say to her? I want to say to her, don't limit yourself. Just because you may not have all of the qualities or all of the training that somebody tells you that they need, that they're looking for, just because you don't have all of that, doesn't mean you shouldn't apply for it because you learn a lot as you're going through it. And there are statistics that show that uh, if women are not 100% sure that they're going to get the position or 100% qualified, they don't even apply. Where men, it's only 60%. If they have 60%, they're good to go. And so I'm saying don't limit yourself. Don't say, I can't do this, I can't do that. Why not try it? Why not take the chance? Not even try. Why not take the chance and just do it? Ask for help. Ask to, you know, find a mentor. Find somebody that is in a position that you would like. Ask them to help you because asking for help is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength. And the first time you ask for help, it's a little dicey. You feel like, you know, people are going to think I don't know what I'm talking about. But all of a sudden, it's like nothing. It's it's nothing. You just say, this is what I'm looking for, and somebody's going to raise their hand and say, I've got it for you. So don't don't limit yourself. There there's so many more opportunities for women than there ever were. Ever, ever, in so many other occupations that you may not have even thought of. And there's new occupations that they just came up with, like they weren't even in existence five years ago. So just take your talent and take your brilliance and start sharing it and show people that you're the expert in whatever it is. Now, also to the young men who are considering pursuing a career in business or starting their own company, what would you like to say to them regarding their interactions with women? I would say ask questions, 
listen, and show that you're interested, not interesting. Because what happens is a lot of times we talk about ourselves. I mean, we're our favorite topic, but people don't care about you yet. Not yet. They will, but not yet. So ask a lot of questions so you can bring them into the conversation. You can listen to their opinions, and they know that you're interested in what they're talking about. You gotta, you have to show interest because women generally will not do business with people that they don't know, like, and trust. They'd rather wait. And so um, it's very, very important to show somebody that you're interested in them. Thank you, Judy, for sharing your insights and perspective today with Get Up Nation. I always end my show by asking my phenomenal guests six questions to help us understand each guest's greatness. Would you run through these six questions with me? Absolutely. Who are you thankful for today? I am thankful for my family. I am just, I'm thankful for them because they have been my biggest supporters, my biggest cheerleaders, and, of course, my biggest critics um, because they keep me grounded. And what are you thankful for today? I'm thankful for the ability to do what I love to do, to have the opportunities presented. And how do you fuel the fire within you? I do a lot of reading. I do a lot of soul searching. And I just remember my why. That keeps me going. What is one thing that adversity taught you to value? Don't give in and don't give up. Because if I would have given in to some of the things that were said to me, I would never be here. And if I gave up, I would never know what was available to me. Adversity is hard, but you just, it's just how you, how you react to it. It's how you show up. What are you doing today you never thought you could? Influence people because I was always told I would never amount to anything. And the fact that people listen to me, follow me, and thank me, that's a, that's a big deal for me. What will you do tomorrow that you never thought you could? Create a movement. My new book, Walking on the Glass Floor, is all about building a movement. And we will have a movement going and it's starting already, so never thought I could, never thought I wanted to, but yeah. Get Up Nation is honored to be a part of that movement, and we're excited that you took the time out to be interviewed today. How can people learn more about you or find your books? Easiest way right now is to go on to uh, com. We have a new website coming up, new additions to it, and so you'll be able to see everything that's going on, but that's where you can absolutely find everything right now. And then, of course, Connect with me. I'm all over social media, either under Judy Hoberman or Selling in a Skirt. Thank you so much, Judy, for your time and telling your story on the Get Up Nation podcast. Thank you for having me. What an honor to speak with Judy Hoberman, whose unique, intelligent, and powerful voice was nearly silenced by cruelty and environments that suppressed her brilliance. How many people today find themselves in these same types of environments? May her fire lead us all, men and women, into a future where our brilliance is welcomed, affirmed, and celebrated. May we recognize that the 40, 50, 60 hours a week we spend trying to create a kind, profitable, and productive reality may be generated in much less time when we take the focus off of ourselves, when we focus on serving those around us, identifying their why, and then supplying it with precision and clarity. In the pursuit of satisfying a customer, may we recognize the importance of and satisfaction of being a valued member of a team. May the differences that irritate us be transformed into our greatest strength and greatest cohesion. This is a new era. It's time. It's a gift we can give to our children and theirs.